The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, where you know I am determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. And I am thrilled today to bring on someone that I have interviewed before. I adore all his work. I've been stalking and tracking him for God knows how long. But welcome to the show, Dave Asprey. I don't even feel like you need an introduction. I'm going to give a brief one. Dave, if you don't already know, is the founder and chairman of Bulletproof. He's a three-time New York Times bestselling author, host of the Webby award-winning podcast, Bulletproof Radio, and has been featured on the Today Show, CNN, Dr. Oz, and more. In addition to hosting Bulletproof Radio and the Web Award-winning podcast, that's a mouthful, Dave is also serving as the founder and CEO of Chairman of Six Health, Wellness, and Biohacking Companies. Oh my gosh, please head over to his website, daveasprey.com, for information about the world of Dave. And most recently, he has a book coming out in January called Fast This Way. And this is such an important topic. And I can't wait to jump into it. But first of all, welcome to the show, Dave. We are so thrilled to have you here. Oh, thank you, Taz. And thanks for that kind introduction. Uh, you're going to make me fool of myself. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? I only <laughs> got to like two fifths of the entire introduction because you're so well accomplished. So you should it, it, be full of yourself. But today we're going to focus on one thing that you're doing. I know that's probably so hard for your brain to do, but we're going to focus on fasting and the conversation around fasting. And I'm a huge fan of intermittent fasting. I get questions about fasting all the time. I feel like it's the most searchable term right now because everybody's talking about it. Why did you want to write a book about fasting? I wanted to write a book about fasting because I already wrote a book about fasting. <laughs> Back in, uh, in 2011, when I started blogging, uh, I wrote about this idea of intermittent fasting when it wasn't a thing. And it was a core part of, of the Bulletproof Diet, but it was one of several core parts, like don't eat the stuff that causes inflammation. The type of oil is way more important than you might think. Um, and intermittent fasting was uh, just a, a core part of it. And people have lost a million pounds on the Bulletproof Diet. Mm -hmm. And since then, we've had more of this uh, uh, kind of people have gone down the, the keto road, the hardcore keto, yeah. you know, where I, I never get out of it and it's not good for you. And that was the whole reason I did that before I came out with the whole bulletproof diet thing. And then as fasting became a thing, I heard people even early on saying, I feel so good on this that I'm only going to fast every day for the rest of my life. Right. And I'm like, stop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the, the body doesn't like a steady state. And then what I found over time, and at this point, people have lost a million pounds on the Bulletproof Diet. And, you know, it's launched a very successful company and it's, it's had effects worldwide. Like you go to Korea, you go to Singapore, you go to the Middle East, you go to Latin America, and there are people doing Bulletproof Coffee wow. and people doing Amazing. intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. But what if we're not doing it right? And what about all the people who say, I know I should fast, but... I am afraid of being hungry and I don't want to act. The, the word that I like to use about myself is hypoglybitchy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to use that. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it happens. And so how do I get the health benefits of fasting without acting like a jerk, right? Without being tired all the time. And most of us have enough stress in our life from our jobs. Now we have, you know, pandemic stress, um, you know, social stress and, you know, for a lot of us, election stress, yep. um, which isn't necessary, <laughs> but a lot of people have it. 
And, and so all this is going on. Do we really need the stress of fasting in our lives? Well, I believe, and I've learned that we can fast in a way where there's a couple things you can do when you're fasting that remove the pain, but keep at least the vast majority of the benefits, if not all of them. And I wrote fast this way to zoom in on that because it turns out, look, anyone can write a book on fasting. Here's how to do it. Don't eat breakfast. Yes. <laughs> look at all the power I have. Yes. I'm yeah. so okay. Yeah. There's just one problem with that. Yeah. Um, it's not that hard. And you can say, oh, I found some research online about the health benefits of fasting because now there's enough studies. Uh, William yeah. Lee has come out with a bunch. And so there's some clinical results now. But gee, before all that, did we not have like thousands of years of every <laughs> religion and spiritual practice, yeah. including fasting? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, what this was about was the psychology of fasting as well as you know how to do it. What I realized in my path um, of, you know, becoming bulletproof, if I want to sound all cool, is that I was actually afraid of being alone. And this is a real common thing. And this is not something that's a part of my life anymore, but it was a, a primary motivator for a lot of the things that weren't, uh, weren't good in my life. And as a 300 pound guy, I was afraid of being hungry because I'd learned if you don't eat six times a day, you'll go into starvation mode. And then... Um, you know, you'll feel like crap. You'll probably yell at people and it just feels awful. And why would everyone be hungry? I, I have to snack for my health and for my brain and for my sense of peace. Well, all of that was garbage. So I said, all right, I'm just going to face it. And I hired a shaman and I went into the desert and she dropped me off in a cave where there were no humans for 10 miles around and there was no food. And I stayed there for four days. Oh my gosh. And, I don't know if this is part of your story. I didn't know this. Oh yeah. I if something if I'm afraid of something, I will go do it because yeah. I don't want fear to rule my life. Yeah. Right. And it's not about being reckless or anything like that. Some things you should be afraid of, like landing in a war zone. I think I'll skip that one. Right. But if it's a fear that's not serving me, like I'm gonna face it. Right. And you know, this is how you can overcome any kind of, you know, insecurities, fear, shame, emotional attachments to food and things like that. And Fast This Way is written from, okay, here's what happened on day one. Here's what happens to you when you fast, along with all, all the tools for it. And one of my biggest concerns right now, Taz, is around women in fasting. Because mm -hmm. this, is, this isn't very politically correct, I guess, but it turns out that women and men are different. Shocking. I mean, who, who would have ever thought, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so most of the research in, throughout history until very recently was done on white 20-something-year-old men. And that's because that's who went to college <laughs> and they like to experiment with college students. Mm -hmm. Right. And now we have thankfully started looking at, okay, what are the effects of these on, on people um, of different ethnic backgrounds, different genetic heritages. And there's actually a little bit in fast this way, looking at, okay, you know, what are your, your risks and what are your risks of say diabetes based on your genetic background? And it turns out there are differences. And then, for women, there's a whole chapter on fasting for women specifically, because if a woman says, okay, I'm going to go do this, you know, fasting every day, I'm going to skip breakfast. I'm going to have a late lunch and I'm going to do a 16, eight fast every day. I know some women for whom it absolutely works really well. I know many, many more who are like, I feel like a great golden goddess. This is so good. And then six weeks later, they're like, oh, my sleep is no good and my hormones are wrecked and yeah. I don't like my life and what's going on. And yeah. what's going on there is this thing called kindness to your body. 
So just because something's good for you doesn't mean that you have to do more of it or do an excessive amount of it. Um, I have found that when women, especially women who have a meaningful amount of weight to lose, if you're in your 40s or if you've entered perimenopause, that there are, there are really meaningful differences. And one of them is that you might actually start out with one of the fasting hacks in there. And this is going to sound a little bit like a broken record, but it's having only fat during a fast. And the, the meaning of fast just means going without. And one of the most popular fasts right now is going without carbs. It's called the keto diet. And it is a form of fasting, right? You can also fast from junk food. It's called eating healthier, right? And you can fast from heat for brief periods. It's called a cold shower. And you can fast from oxygen. It's called breath work and breathing exercises. And all of those make you feel like you're going to die when you start doing them. That first time you're in a cold shower, you're going to be like, Dave told me to do a cold shower. Dave's a jerk. I hate him. And I was only in for 10 seconds and like, right? right. But if you do it for three days and literally it takes three days until the mitochondrial membrane shifts and you have more cardiolipin expressed in your cells, if you really want to know why. But if you just do it for three days, suddenly you're like, wow, I have all these endorphins and I feel really good all day and I'm losing weight and my skin looks better. And what the heck? But it's because we taught our body, you won't die if you're in a cold shower. So the body calms down and then it becomes stronger. And yeah. Fast This Way is written to teach you the mindset to learn how to fast from whatever you choose to, to show your body that you can do it. And there is the, the fasting on a daily basis. And that first hack I talked about, you can put butter and you can put some, some MCT oil in your coffee. And it actually allows your body to continue. You've had no protein, you've had no carbohydrates. So those systems, the repair systems in the body, they stay on, but you get enough of two different hormones that control your hunger that suddenly you performed better than you normally would at work. You didn't have to feel like crap for four days going into full ketosis. Mm -hmm. So you did get the health benefits, right? And sometimes, especially for women doing that in the morning, and then the next morning, you just had black coffee or you just had tea or you just had water or whatever you decided was best for you. But you can alternate like that, right? So the idea is maybe just a couple of days a week is enough. Or maybe on a Saturday, you're saying, I'm going to go all day and see what happens. But it doesn't have to be a daily practice. It can be an, a most often practice. And, you know, I didn't sleep well last night. Or if you are before menopause, like, you know what? It's that time of the month for me. Maybe I'm going to be a little bit calmer. I'm going to be nicer to my body. And I talk about this in the chapter for women specifically, because there are certain times when you have enough stress, biological stress, like you're building new tissues right now. Have some eggs for breakfast. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. okay. Yeah. And, and it, it's that sense of, of safety around fasting and the sense of it's not going to hurt because I'm going to teach my body that what it thought was starvation isn't starvation. And I'm not talking about long, you know, eating disorder kind of stuff at all. I'm talking about just a sense of safety that says, I have enough power right now, biological power to handle skipping breakfast. And if my body doesn't believe that, I will show it and it will change. And the changes usually look like, oh, I lost weight. Oh, mm -hmm. my brain works better. My blood sugar is more regular. I'm younger. Uh, my hair looks better. But if you do it too much, you get the opposite of all of those things. And, and so it's that, that sense of, of safety and nuance. There, there's also the concept in Fastest Way of what I call a spiritual fast. And you oh, can God, fast yeah. 
with hacks and say, all right, this is how I fast when I'm, I'm in go mode. You know, I, I've got, you know, mouths to feed. I've got employees to manage. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot of things in my life. And then there's times where you say, I want to go deeper. And the way you fast there, you might decide I'm going to fast for 24 hours or I'm going to fast even for two days, right? Which has all kinds of crazy health benefits that last for a long time. But you can say, I'm going to do it and I'm still going to be in go mode. And it's possible, but it's better if you say, I'm going to do some journaling, I'm going to do some self-awareness. I'm going to be aware of how many times I think about food. And I'm also going to realize, wait a minute, I'm actually not that hungry, but man, my brain is just making me think about donuts all the time. What is up with this? And you're actually going to use the fast as a lens. And what I decided to do is that, so this will be my likely fourth New York Times bestseller. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing that, that I've been a teacher for five years at the University of California. And I was sort of treating these books as I'm going to take my very best knowledge. I'm going to distill it down to just the most important things and make it really digestible. And I'll put the book out there. I'll get a bunch of people to read the book. And then I'm like, I'll go write the next one. But what I was missing was the teaching and the community aspect of it, because it turns out eating is a communal activity. And that's part of why we eat. And learning is a community activity. So for Fast This Way, I'm doing something that I, in retrospect, wish I'd done for all my other books. Um, where I'm putting together um, a fasting challenge. So you buy the book and then I'm going to lead thousands, in fact, probably tens of thousands of people through at once with live Q and A's and all that. I'm not going to charge anything for it. Just show me about the book. That's yeah. your textbook. Yeah. And I will lead you through a two week. We're going to start easy. We're going to start with the hacks. We're going to show you how it feels. You're going to be able to talk to other people about how they're experiencing it. I'll answer the questions about why am I feeling a certain way? And we end that two week challenge with a spiritual fast that has the journaling, the personal development and the, you know, Hey, how do I actually go deep on what's really driving uh, my behaviors? And people walk out of learning how to fast, not just knowing how to skip breakfast. That's easy. They walk out knowing how to own their urges, whether it's social media, whether uh, there's other things I, I even read about fasting from sex or from porn in the book. It's like, how do you go without something that you have as a daily practice and still feel grounded that that's what it's about. I love it. So fastest way is really not just tackling, Hey, eat this way. Don't eat that way. It's really taking a kind of comprehensive holistic approach to the idea around fasting. Now I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about so many of the women that I meet every day and talk to all the time and they don't know how to be kind to themselves. They don't really understand even what that means. They're not dialed in. They're in go mode all the time. They're usually, their identity and their sense of self-esteem is usually very tied to other people, their children, mm -hmm. their work, their spouses, whatever it is. And they aren't really dialed in. And so what happens with them is that they want structure. They're like, Dr. Taz, I want you to tell me exactly what to do on day one and day two and day three. And without that structure, they do exactly what you don't want them to do, where they do 16, eight fast every single day. And sure enough, there's the impact on hormonal health and metabolism in general when you're doing it every single day. How do we help, you know, these women, and I've probably put myself in that category too. How do we dial into kindness to ourselves, to being conscious of what we need, 
are there, is there some structural roadmap you can give them? Like, Hey, if you have not slept, if you are in your cycle, if you have done X, Y, and Z, these are not really great times to fast. Maybe you should be thinking about something else. How would you tackle that type of person, which is so many of the people that I meet today? If you really want to go all in on it, the easiest thing to do is track your sleep. <laughs> and Simple. I love it. Yeah. If you slept like garbage last night and you woke up four times and you're exhausted when you wake up, it's okay to have breakfast. It's not okay to have sugar and a bunch of carbs for breakfast. If you have a protein and fat breakfast, you've still won. You can have your carbs at dinner, right? And you are going to have such a different, higher quality day. If instead you're saying, oh, that's it. I'm you know, going to have a, a bunch of honey in my tea, or I'm going to have a bowl of cereal and a Pop-Tart or you know, go get the croissants. What that's going to do is it's going to set you up to be really hungry at 10 a.m. And you're going to be starving at 11.45 for lunch. And you realize that what you eat controls how hungry you are. And by fasting on occasion for short periods, you start becoming aware of when your body tells you you're hungry, but you're not actually hungry. Right? And you're saying, wait, I just ate. Like, why am I doing that? Well, one answer is what you ate actually had a, a trigger food in it for you. It's something that you're allergic to or something that's just not good for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can tell you, you know, eat something deep fried with a bunch of sugar for breakfast and expect to actually be less kind to others. Expect to have dramatic cravings and to give in to them <laughs> multiple times that day. Right. And the kindness there is to say, you know what? I made a bad decision. And the fact that I am having these crazy cravings right now, it's normal and it's okay. And to, to drop the judgment and the shame that comes with that. Now, you could say it's easy for you to say that, Dave. You're 10 point something percent body fat. You know, look at your right. muscles. I was a 300 pound fat guy. Okay. I had all the shame. I had the emotional eating. I had the, the cravings. I have ended a meeting, Taz, once uh, when I was about you know, 27, 28. I'm like, guys, I know we're supposed to have this till noon. It's 1145. And I'm so hungry right now that if I don't go eat, I'm not going to be able to focus and I'll probably kill and eat one of you. So I'm ending our meeting and I'll see you in the cafeteria. And I just walked out of the meeting because I couldn't do it. Yeah. Right. That is not the way. And I know lots of other people have felt that way many times. Right. And you sit there in the meeting, you're like, I'm just going to muscle through and maybe I'll just eat a candy. Which is like, on one hand, maybe that was the right thing to do because your blood sugar is crashing. But it's also a sign that maybe you can do something so that next time you won't want the candy. So wanting the candy isn't bad, it's normal. It's a deep-seated biological response. And I walk people through in the book, like where does it come from? Where's the voice in your head? And the voice in your head that makes you do all the things you're ashamed of isn't even you. And I'll walk you through the biology. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> because that's what everyone asks. They're like, yeah. why do I turn into this? Oh, my favorite story is this couple who they put their kids to bed every night. They've been super good, right? All day long, like eating the right foods. They put their kids to bed at night. And they're like, Taz, then it's like, bring out the chocolate, the candy, the alcohol, all the potato chips. Like we would just gorge like for an hour and they couldn't break it. And they had so much trouble breaking it. What is the impulse? Maybe not to that dramatic extent, but what's the impulse that drives that in folks? This is something that came out of uh, my book on, on mitochondria and brains. And this, this book was, was called um, Headstrong. It was very well received. It hit the 
it was actually on the New York Times monthly science list with like mm-hmm. the secret life of trees and homo deus and these really big, I was like, as an author, that was so unexpected and, and I was so grateful for it, but it, it was a sign of, of how important these mitochondria are in the body. And they're ancient bacteria embedded in our cells. I'm sure you've talked about it and some of your listeners have heard of them before, but I'm also a, I studied artificial intelligence. I was a computer hacker. And so there's an algorithm that underlies almost everything, including life. Everything alive follows exactly this algorithm. And I don't care if it's a cactus, a zebra, or a bacteria, or the bacteria that are embedded in your cells and calling the shots in your body. That's the mitochondria. There's more of them than there are cells in your body. And they're running this old operating system for life. And it goes like this run away from, kill, or hide from scary things. All life does this because if you die right now, you can't reproduce. You have to have this built in. So that gets 10 times more energy and attention than anything else. Immediate threats. doesn't matter if they're real. It just matters whether your cells and the network of your body believes it's a threat. And things like loneliness feel like you're going to die because if you're lonely, you won't have a tribe to protect you from predators and then you'll die. It's that straightforward. You know, it's not true, but they don't. They're dumb bacteria that don't even have brains. They just follow basic rules over and over. So fear is a 10x. The next thing that all life does is because famines and lack of fuel has killed every species, including humans for millions of generations. So the next thing is eat everything. And you do that with five times more attention than anything else. Okay. It is, it is built into your cells. Okay. Your cells are not you. It's an emergent phenomena inside your body. And what they do, because they're the first things that sense the environment around you, they control hormones, they control energy production, and they control you like a puppet master. They're the ones who tell you that you're going to die if you don't eat the muffin. Okay. And after that, so the first word is fear. The second word is food. The third word um, that all life has to do is also an F word. Can you guess what it is, Taz? Fear, food. All life forms have to do it to continue on Earth. Oh, I know what word that is. <laughs> Reproduce. <laughs> F-U. Oh, I was thinking fertility, but okay. If you were thinking of some other word, <laughs> I, I don't know where your mind was going there, but oh, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed for you. <laughs> I didn't say it. I was just thinking it. <laughs> so, it's true. Yes, that one. Right. And that gets about three times more attention than everything else. Okay. And the fourth F word Fortunately, the one that saves the day is friend and build community and all life forms do this. I don't care if you're talking the SCOBY in your kombucha, yogurt, the forest, a herd, a school of fish. We interoperate and we are wired at ourselves to do that. But we only do that with a normal level of focus. So you have this program running inside your cells. And when a quadrillion cells are like, we don't have enough fuel right now, they are going to tell you you have to eat or you'll die. Mm. And they are lying to you because they're dumb little cells who don't understand context. They do not know that there's a meal coming in three hours. They know throughout all of recorded history from our dumb little bacteria perspective, if there's not enough fuel right now, it is a immediate emergency. It is the end of the world for our entire species because they don't know that they have other humans walking around. They're dumb. And I I just got to ask you, Taz, have you ever done anything you're ashamed of that isn't one of those first three F words? Anything that I'm ashamed of that is, no, they fall into one of those categories. Yeah. Well, those are not you. You are here. You are here in your heart, here in your brain. 
what we are as humans, the, the thoughts, the things we have like that are at the very end of a long process. And so we have our greater consciousness, our ability to think and understand context and be of value to others and form a community and all that stuff. But the system that's meant to keep every piece of meat and every plant on the planet alive is interjecting itself in there. And the reason that you're sitting there in a meeting and someone sits a cookie in front of you and you say, today, I'm going to be a good person. I'm not going to eat the cookie. And the cookie says, eat me. And you say, no. And it says, eat me. And you say, no. And you go down this path. And eventually, just like when your two-year-old pesters you so much, you say, okay, I'll just eat half. And you give in. And afterwards you go, why am I such a bad person? I said I wasn't going to eat the cookie and I ate just half the cookie. Well, I already ate half the cookie. Screw it. I already failed today. I'll just eat the whole cookie. In fact, I'll eat the whole plate of cookies. Okay. I've never done this clearly, obviously. No, you know nothing about this. I know. (laughs) Right. So what's going on there though, is you can just rest and go, oh, it's normal. It's biology. And it's the same thing that makes you yell at people when you don't want to. And it's the same thing, honestly, that makes you go on that date that you really wish you hadn't gone out on. But, you know, that was a really cute person, you know, whatever. But but when you get the better of yourself, what's going on there is core impulses that have the ability to hijack you. And so what you're doing when you say I'm going to fast for a brief period is you're asserting your own control over your biology, which, by the way, is the definition of biohacking. (laughs) and there it's to teach the cells you know what if you stupid little mitochondria are not strong enough to go four hours without food how about this take the weakest ones of you and get out of town you can die and build healthy new ones with more resilience and that's what fasting does for you and when you do that just like three days of cold showers on the fourth day like oh my god i feel amazing well once you learn how to fast your body's like oh man I'm in a world with intermittent food. You mean I need to build more resilient cells that don't pester you all the time because they think they're going to die because they're used to being fed all the time? Yeah. And then what happens is you end up having more power throughout the day. And when you have more power, you can use that power to step in and not yell at your kids. You can use the power to step in and not eat the cookie. You can use the power to step in and not go out on the date you shouldn't go out on, or maybe do go out on the date you really want to go out on. But the, the deal is emotional regulation comes from having more energy in your cells and cells that think they don't have to be strong because you keep feeding them all the time. They don't have as much power. So that's why intermittent fasting is important. And that's why if you do it too much, the cells are like, I live in a land of famine. I'm going to, you know, batten down the hatches and I'm going to mess up your hormones. Cause frankly, there's not enough food here. So who cares if you, if you can reproduce, we'll just break your hormones. That's not necessary because you couldn't even raise a baby here. And this is why women actually have a harder time with fasting because your body, especially when you're in your fertile years, it knows the survival of the species is about this and you won't survive if there's not enough food to make a baby. So you don't want to starve yourself. What you want to be able to do is say briefly, there's no food, then there's an abundance. Briefly, there's no food, there's an abundance. You're teaching the cells in your body to be patient so they won't yell at you about cookies. And when you learn this right, you can literally stare at a plate of cookies or for me, it would have been probably donuts or croissants or something um, right around 10 a.m. when most of us just have a craving that's when you have a snack. And instead of saying, I am a good person, I have enough willpower, I am not going to do this. By the way, it's a lie about whether you're a good person or not, but that's what the voice in your head usually says. Um, But you just, you sit there and go, you know what? I'm not hungry. Okay. It's so much less work instead of saying no to the voice in your head and like fighting, like with the two-year-old to just be like, I don't want it. 
And there are hormonal switches you can throw with fasting, with some of the fasting hacks in here, where instead of using your energy to overcome a desire, to just turn off the desire because it didn't serve you. And Mm -hmm. that is the freedom that I have. I don't walk around thinking about food. I found a study, a third of the thoughts that people have in their mind during the day are about what's for lunch and what's for dinner. Hmm. What if you got a third of your thinking capacity back and you use like, oh, what am I going to do today that's useful? (laughs) Or what if you just use that thinking power just to like watch your favorite thing on Netflix? It's still higher value than thinking about food. And it works for kids too. My kids have. Yeah, go go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, how do you teach a child this? Because I feel like it's well, even for adults, I'm thinking about like, how do we get people off this loop? Their emotional regulation is dependent on the energy in their cells, right? Mm-hmm. But for some people, they can't even get to the point of putting the right energy in their cells. And so they stay in this emotional regulation, you know, like they stay in this loop and it's very difficult to break that loop, you know? And I see that with children too. Like, how do you break that loop with well, kids? With kids, you don't really want your kids fasting very often sure. because they are growing, right? And What you can do, though, is you can teach them that what they eat controls how they feel. Mm Because guess what kids want more than adults even? They want control. Right. So you say, kids, I want you to eat this way for a little while. And you get control when you do that because you'll feel better afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then uh, for my kids, um, we've always eaten healthy. And in the morning, they have protein, they have fat. Maybe they occasionally have some carbs, but not sugar. Um, And... My son said, Daddy, you know, you're writing a book about fasting. And he was 10 at the time. And he said, I've seen you fast for multiple days. I want to try it. I said, all right, you're not allowed to fast all the time, Alan. You know, but if you want to try it, you can try it. And he said, okay, I'm going to go 24 hours. Okay, that sounds dramatic. But look, all it means is you had dinner. And the next day, you skip breakfast and lunch. And then you had dinner. It, it's not nearly as big of a deal. Oh, my God, a 24-hour fast. I think I would die. No, you just wouldn't. So I said, Alan, how about we do some of the fasting hacks here? Like there's two things that I put in the book. One is how to use fat during a fast. And the other one is how to use prebiotic fiber. So you just don't feel any hunger. And he goes, no, I actually want to feel the hunger. I want to see if I can do it. So for him, it was an empowerment thing. And he did it one time. And he says, daddy, you're right. The best spice of all is hunger. Because that, that when I had dinner that next night, I no, felt it was so good. It tasted so amazing. And he was all excited. And he's, he doesn't try to do it again. Yeah. Right. But he, he knows. And then a while back, my kids uh, were, when they were a little bit younger, had less judgment. They were um, with our, our nanny who went to McDonald's mm. and my kids haven't gotten McDonald's. I don't eat McDonald's and all this stuff. Right. And they actually kind of food shamed. They're like, Oh, you would eat like stinky chemical food. Oh. And, and I'm like, kids, look, here's the deal. People are free to eat whatever they want. And some people eat at McDonald's because they like it. Some people eat there because it's fun. And some people eat there because it's affordable or it's convenient. And like, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. And that's okay. And like, we eat a certain way because we like how we feel. I said, so here's what I'm going to do, kids. I'm going to take you to McDonald's, right? And you're going to get toys. You're going to play on the slides. You know, you can have pie and ice cream and French fries and all this stuff. And they, they both looked at me like really angry. And, and I said, what? And in my head, I'm going, going, man, if I eat that junk food, I'm going to feel like crap for a couple of days because I know what that does. Like I, my brain doesn't work as well when I do that. Um, but I'd take one for the team. And they said, daddy, you can take us there, but you can't make us eat. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, we don't like how we feel when we yeah. eat that way. We know we've eaten stuff like that before. So we're choosing not to. 
And that's not saying my kids don't like sugar. They, they have dessert and stuff when I think they probably shouldn't. But generally, they know it. My son, daddy, I'm not going to eat that because I know every time I eat that, my neck hurts. Like, mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Power for your kids. Yeah. And when you do this, they stop nagging you about food. <laughs> and as a parent, oh my God, kids who aren't like, daddy, sugar, 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 all that kind of stuff that, that is so common. Uh, I don't experience that as a parent because my kids eat a breakfast that leaves them full. My daughter, daddy, as soon as I get to school, people are starting to ask about snacks and we just started class and they're having a snack at 10 and the teacher tells me I have to eat, but I'm not hungry. I don't even want to eat a snack. Yeah. Right. That's how you're supposed to be. Your kids should go four hours between meals if they're eating the right stuff. And that's just how it is. Well, you know, it's so interesting because we're, our cells are trained, as you're saying, for famine and fear and all these different things. But I feel like in another generation or so, our cells are going to be trained for overconsumption and overindulgence because I feel like we've sort of crossed that barrier over time where more is more and more is better. And it's going to be hard to, to unwind that. So I think that I love the idea of this book and how it's not just about, hey, eat this way. It's also about think this way, feel this way you know, really, really dial in, right? Dial in and understand what's happening here and what what's driving some of these impulses so that you can be the best version of yourself. I love that message. And the book hits in January, but the course is open now. Explain that to us. If you pick up your copy of Fast This Way Now, you can order it right now. Send me a receipt. And I will send you the class that's helped thousands of people learn how to sleep at night, which is also tied to food. Um, and so I, it's a two week challenge where I, every day you get a new piece of content and a new thing to try. And that's just a gift because you pre-ordered and authors love it when you pre-order because it helps the publishers know how things are going to go. And then when the book comes out, week of January 19th, we are running a two week challenge where every day you're, I'm going to be teaching you how to do this in a community with thousands of other people. And normally courses like that are something you charge for. Um, and it is, in fact, it would cost a lot more than a book, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I just want people to get the knowledge and I'm happy to teach it. So buy the book now and I will give you the challenge as a gift uh, because it's worth your time to read the book and it's worth your time to actually do the practice. And I'll be there every day helping you do it. So go to fastthisway.com and you can order your book wherever you like to order books. Just send me your receipt real quick and I will hook you up with two challenges that are worth about a hundred bucks. And they will both independently change your life. And I say this because I've changed a lot of lives now. And this is the stuff that I do. I love it, Dave. Thank you so much for that. And I hope everybody watching and listening today caught that. It's fastthisway.com. Get your book, send Dave your receipt, and you'll be enrolled in his challenges. And it's such a great way to do in a community setting. I think that's where we really motivate and inspire one another and can see lasting change. It's hard to do the stuff on your own and sitting kind of trying to figure it out. So I think Dave, it's amazing that you're offering that. And I'm excited to see the book and get the book as well. And thank you so much for spending time with us today. For everybody else, thank you for watching this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Remember, we are on Spotify as well and rate and review it and share it with your friends. I will see you guys next time.